Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today for another round of Saddest Night Outs. I am your ever-humble host, Roy, and on today's Roll of the Dice, I am talking to a couple of friends about the Academy Awards. Firstly, thank you to anyone that's listened to the previous episode of this, the first episode. I recorded it and posted it online on Tuesday, the... what was the date? Tuesday the 13th of March. Today on Thursday the 15th of March is when I finally broadcast about it to anyone. And that was about maybe two hours ago, and it's already received nine plays. So I'm calling it a victory. Thank you very much to anyone that has pressed play on it and listened to it, however far you got through it. Thank you for giving it a chance. I have got a Patreon listed as well. No one signed up to that yet. I've put the only reward I've put is one pound, and that's all I'm asking for a pound a month. And the only goal is if anyone shows up, I will finally watch Black Panther the movie. So fingers crossed that dream will someday come true. This episode is a little bit different. I won't be coughing my way through the whole thing and there's no dishes being washed in the background. (laughs) Oh boy. I am feeling a little bit better though, so thank you for your thoughts and prayers. In this episode, I am talking to two friends, Jim Woodall and Emily Bennett, who are both interested in film, which is helpful because we are discussing the Academy Awards. This was recorded the Saturday before the awards actually aired, so it's about almost two weeks ago. That's how bad my procrastinating is. I've been meaning to post this up since then, but hey, I got there in the end. Progress is being made. Also regarding the last episode, the music you heard at the end was something I recorded, I think, in like 2011, 2012. I used to really frequent this website called Drowned in Sound, and someone posted a SoundCloud challenge to record a piece of music that was only a minute long, and that was my entry to that challenge. I dug it up because I thought, on some level, I was thinking it could make a nice theme tune for this thing, but I don't really know if I want a theme tune. Who knows? Maybe somewhere down the road I might include that. But I thought, oops, kick from there, I thought it might sound nice at the end. I will try and put some original music in each episode of this thing, because I feel like that could be a bit of a novelty. I don't know if anyone's ever released music via podcast before. And it could be, at some point, there'll probably be finished versions of things, but for now it could just be demos or works in progress or random noodlings. I trust they'll be entertaining though. It won't be anything too derivative or dull. So yes, this episode was recorded in a slightly noisy pub. I bought a small little microphone, and this was the first time I really used it. I, In fact, let me run upstairs and try and remember what microphone it was I used. But it was a pub called the Allsop Arms, which is near Baker Street Station. And later that evening, I helped to run an open mic night there, which is run there every Saturday. So if you're in the neighbourhood, don't be a stranger. And I got together with these two friends to see how we felt about the impending Academy Awards. Okay, the microphone I use is called the Movo. That's all that the bag says. I'm sure there was a green box for it. That said more about the brand, but I can't see where that box is right now. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this conversation. About five minutes in, we moved to a different location. It's quieter. So you can hear us a little bit better. And then at the end, yeah, I'll play some more original music, if that's what you're into. On with the show. Also, a glass to pin it on or something. It's not a bad idea. That's like an empty water glass. Yeah. Or this thing. I can work. Like I said, it's all uh, an experiment. <laughs> so we shall see. For all I know, I might hear nothing but everyone in the background, but I'll try to enunciate as I talk, etc. And yeah, don't worry too much about introduction. Well, it's more to myself, don't worry about introductions. I can add that stuff in all later. Cut to the conversation. So, the Academy Awards are this Sunday. On a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you for it? Emily, I'll start with you. Well, I am in a bet pool, so okay. monetarily I'm quite excited. <laughs> 
I mean, I've always watched it. I grew up, obviously, in America, so it's like a big deal. And I started in fashion, so just seeing the red carpet was like enough for me. Um, just nice, kind of like, I don't know, it's inspirational. People give these like nice speeches and feel good, but in the end, I guess, don't really affect you that much unless you win. I guess that's true of all award ceremonies, but I have a very guilty pleasure of imagining what I'd say if I won, and I win every award. (laughs) I get to give a few speeches. I get kind of heartbroken. Everyone does that. (laughs) So what about you, Jim? How excited are you feeling? I'm not... I guess I can't say zero. Um, You can say negative if you want. No, no. I'm not unexcited. Like, I'm... I'm interested in the Oscars, but I don't I don't care about them that much. I don't care about necessarily seeing all of the nominees or or I don't I don't think that necessarily just because a film wins an Oscar that means it, it's necessarily an endorsement of its quality. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, just, I really just see the Oscars as a, a marketing tool for promoting a different kind of film. Because people go, either people go see the sort of mainstream, uh, high concept films. Uh, Good old Fast and Furious. Yeah, or, or, or just all of them Marvels. Oh man. Um, or they go see a film because it's Oscar nominated. So therefore, either you're trying to cater to a large um, audience. Uh, by sort of appealing to a very broad sort of spectrum of people, or you try and cater to the academy to make a make a film which yeah. they like, hence the term Oscar bait. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, a real good test of that is just how many times a film Meryl Street has been nominated. <laughs> I, I have not heard anything good about the post. I read the script for it, and it seemed kind of interesting, but it just feels like. You can't not nominate her at this point. And my mum liked it. I oh, liked will they get? I saw it. <laughs> I feel like I have very anti-views against everyone else. Like I really liked the post. I thought it was. I don't think it should win. Okay, I don't think it was the best thing I've seen. But I liked it, and like people like, oh, it's not subtle enough, or like you're so obvious. It's such an obviously like feminist movie or whatever. Oh, no, I don't yeah. know. Oh, <laughs> women, yeah. not for women. Anything like that. Bombs in our films. Sometimes it doesn't have to be subtle. It's Steven Spielberg. He's not really known for being subtle. Like, Very come true. On, guys. And it's like Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks, Meryl yes. Streep. Like like, it was those three names of the part. Like you know exactly what you're getting for. <laughs> <laughs> every every conversation is going to be an Oscar-worthy kind of monologue. Yeah. No, we have to do this type of thing. So, was there ever a time in the past when you were really rooting for a particular film? I mean, I, I definitely rooted for like situations where, where, like, well, if that doesn't win an Oscar, then there's something wrong with the Academy. Uh, I'm trying to think of an example. Uh, I, I, get, I guess I get more annoyed with snubs, even though I try not to because I, I tell myself that the, you know, that the other... It's a grand... Hi. Oh, uh, he's over there in that corner. No problem. As you, uh, Oscar okay. snubs. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I guess I care more about uh, Oscar snubs, even though I, I shouldn't because I tell myself that, oh, it's a marketing tool and if it wins, it's not an arbiter of quality. But still... Like, just because Tron Legacy wasn't a great film doesn't mean that the soundtrack wasn't amazing. It's still too soon, okay? It's still... (laughs) It will uh, always be too soon. Oh, God. So, I'm going to go out on a limb here and guess, were you maybe a fan of Lord of the Rings? No. None of them at all. I'm indifferent. Oh, right. Yeah, you do. You're the only person I've ever met who's ever been indifferent. I've never seen him. (laughs) My people. I feel so at home. I I mean, I do do sword fighting. around the side by us. It's just got free. And it's not quite so fun. Uh, It's Uh, it's, 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 We've come this far. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. We could just start again. Yeah. That'll be the test. Okay. Let's just continue the conversation. I can't wait to go back to start again. <laughs> what were we talking about? I can't remember what the conversation, so there is that. Oh. I think we high five about... Did we, did we, like, ever root for a Yeah, was there a film in the past, like Oscar snub? We mentioned Tron Legacy and no one likes Lord of the Rings, which makes you my best friend. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Even though I go, I go sword fighting every week, so I keep getting into the conversation, it's like, oh, you sword fight? Oh, because you're a Lord of the Rings fan. No. Oh, Game of Thrones. Never watched it. Then why? Why on earth? I don't know. I can't explain it. You're a hardcore fan of swords, now. Not those pop culture things. I mean, compared to other people in my group, I am not. Because I feel like... We talked about a bit of a divide between the Oscar-bait type of films and then the more mainstream stuff. 
and I think mainstream movies only get a look at the Oscars in the technical awards. So I think Star Wars is something like special effects and things like that. Fast and Furious, anything would get maybe sound or production design, but never anything more than that. And I know Lord of the Rings was a massive success, as you might have heard. It's kind of a big deal back in the day. But it seems to be only with the release of the third one that it won like everything, almost to make up for the previous two. But then also, like, the significance of Lord of the Rings is more just that it sort of changed the landscape of, uh, of the blockbuster film. Sort of showing, like, oh, you can make a two hour plus film and people will go to it. Get yeah. a fantasy movie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like before Lord of the Rings, that sort of film shouldn't have been successful. Yeah, it's the kind of film where it literally had an intermission for some of its showings because it was just that long. But people flocked to it and still, it's still held in high esteem everywhere but right here. Like, but, I respect it existing. I'm just not a fan of the plot. What about you, Emily? Are there any films in the past that you were kind of open with? Trying to think, and I really can't think of anything, which makes me think, makes me realize that maybe the Oscars are not a big deal because that, you can't remember any single yeah. film that you really. That's exactly what I really think as well. wanted to win. Like, yeah, the big deals are the more sort of ways that it's personal to the royal you. Like I, the whole like Moonlight versus La La Land. It's like I really enjoyed La La Land, but Moonlight's the one that deserves to win. Like, yeah. Uh, and uh, then you know Dumbledore got up at the end of the Oscars and said, "Congratulations, La La Land." However, there's some last-minute points to award. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That is the perfect, <laughs> the perfect metaphor for that. Well put. Well put. For me, I can't hear. Don't worry. For me, the last film that we like, I think 2010 were the only Oscars where I made an effort to watch all of them. That was because I was at university and downloading was just rampant. So you could easily download the screeners for everything. That was the one where, at the time, I could name them all. But it had Black Swan. It had Up. And the two big ones, it had Inception, and it had The Social Network and The King's Speech. And I absolutely love The Social Network. The King's Speech was the same year as The Social Network? It's that blows my mind. I wish I could forget that, but in the awards leading up to the Oscars, there's a whole bunch of like independent awards and so on in the wintertime leading up to the Oscars. And whoever wins those is seen as a bit of a signpost of who might yeah. win Best Search. I think this year... Three billboards is looking likely to culture the big ones, and I think Ladybird might be the best director. Or something. I mean, we have to note that by the time most people listen to this, like, well, this decision <laughs> will have been made. <laughs> you could look really foolish. Take I mean, everything with a pinch of salt, but the social network was kind of the front run in all those earlier awards. But then at the Oscars, Colin bloody fur. Mm-hmm. No, no offense to him, but the, like, the King's Speech kind of swept and took everything. And that was the last time I cared. And that felt very much like a film of our time versus Oscar bait and the Oscar bait one. But then looking back to last year, Moonlight, especially since the year before that you had the hashtag Oscar so white situation, I feel like that was a turning point where because before then I think for many years people probably thought that film shouldn't have won the Oscars this one should have but what can you do it's the Oscars blah blah the Oscars so white felt like a turning point where the audience actually had a saying like hey this result doesn't feel accurate to what went on I mean while I do think it's true that too much import is placed in sort of the decisions the Academy makes because just an Academy Award doesn't necessarily equate quality at the same time it needs to be recognised that the industry is built around the academy it is an important marketing tool and so the decisions it makes reflects the industry and if yeah if there's, if there's a, an overabundance of white male films winning then that's either indicative of a problem in the academy a problem in the industry in general or both and so then that becomes like, once once you become aware of that then least well this needs to be this needs to be addressed yeah absolutely and I do think after the Oscar so white thing happened and it was such like a visceral response. There have been way more movies with people of color or women even, and like I think it does have some. You can see, you know, what happened. I mean, Get Out is nominated for yeah. Best Picture and other things, but like <laughs> that, that one's a uh, sensitive one for me because I, I again dare to dream that the film I love <laughs> might stand a chance. I think that's so funny that well because when I was looking at my ballot that I'm better on. I was looking at Get Out and I was like, I really liked seeing it and I thought it was a very good film, but it doesn't feel Oscar to me. Yeah. And then I was like, why? 
Why doesn't it feel Oscar? Is it because it's like a horror movie? Is it because it's like kind of camp, which I love camp movies, but like it's it's not, you know, like Meryl Streep in Iron Lady or like, you know, it's not like, uh, or even like it's, it's not like so serious, like Moonlight is so serious. Yeah. And I love Moonlight, but. It's like it's not the type of film that the Academy would go for. Yeah. Exactly. Like I remember the whole, um, you know, the fuss around the artist. And I was like, yeah. well, of course that's going to win loads of awards yeah. because it's about the film industry. It's about Hollywood. I think that's why everyone. It's just surprised Lala Land to win because they're yeah. like, oh, yeah. you guys aren't patting yourself on the back for once. Yeah. Wow. And the thing about the artist as well is I remember, remember watching it and it, how it had the credits at the beginning and it had it in that old, that old font where it had like the full, all the dots in between yeah. the lines and we were going, oh, it's just like, a, like an old film, how quaint. And then I remembered, oh, wait, I hate that. <laughs> I think it's horrible to have credits at the beginning and I hate those dots. Like, that's, that's horrible typography. And it's like, it's just, it doesn't get points just for doing something the that we yeah. Learned how to improve. But yeah. I, I'm absolutely I like that. I'm like, yay, camp, yay. I, I <laughs> like dumb film, stuff. But, but I don't think I don't think it deserves necessarily as much recognition as it did because yeah. I mean, the only it did do a little bit innovative in that you know there was the whole sort of sync sound nightmare which I quite enjoyed. But the rest of it was just all like, look, let's do things from years ago and work like nostalgia points. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is it is it all that really all that much different to say Ready Player One just bringing out oh look all of these old characters yeah. from things. <laughs> that you know whilst not really producing anything creative yeah, yeah is that. as well as the hashtag Oscar so white you can kind of feel the aftershocks of that event I think this Weinstein situation will be another thing as well as the allegations of sexual assault I think it really highlights just how centralised power seems to be in that industry because if you look at that guy's CV there are a lot of Oscar winners that bear his names and I think when one person can wield such power it lends it lends that predictability of these awards are like well of course this is going to win and this is really good but of course it's not going to win because it's not that kind of film do you think this could lead to a bit more spreading of that power maybe some more unpredictability with future nominees I think there's definitely going to be both the Oscar So White and the Weinstein thing there is a strong reaction now to the lack of diverse voices in the industry and it's even being reflected in the audiences now films that do represent diversity are doing well look at films like Moonlight as one but also look at Hidden Figures and the, the amazing things in the box office that got um, and the fact that the, the, all the films that DC has made the most successful one has been Wonder Woman now that has partly partly to do because just, it is a better film than the other yeah. but also because um, it had a female director and a female lead and that makes it just seem a little bit fresher than this, the rest of the slew of uh, superhero yeah. films that we've got I think there is also like because I remember when Wonder Woman came out you know online or whatever people were like even if you don't want to go see this movie even if superhero movies aren't your thing go see it because it proves that women or it proves that anyone wants to go see a movie about a woman superhero or it proves that people want to see a movie directed by a woman and I think also with Black Panther it was like go out because we need to prove that we want this like money talks and if you want yeah. more of this spend your money and I think that's true I like I like to spend my money on things that I want to see there's definitely a strong element I think of and that's one thing I've really taken away from the Me Too movement as well as the cries of outrage against the behaviour in the entertainment industry I like that opinions that might have felt so disparate in the past where you might have thought I don't like this but it's just me what can you do when lots of disparate voices come together and you realise actually we make up the majority and then we can have some sort of influence I think in the past people might have felt some fatigue with a certain type of film but you shrug your shoulders and say hey that's just that's Hollywood that's how it is but the fact that people are being vocal about their support of films that buck the trend because yeah Black Panther there were many movements in America like if there are any kids that can't afford to go and see this film we're buying out all the seats in the cinema so them come and see it for free Get Out had something similar as well like people recognise it's more than just I like this I don't like this but there's more power to your message with what you, what you choose to put your money behind and yet Black Panther which I still haven't seen and I'm still shame <laughs> on you so, <laughs> But that one, there's been a very vocal outpouring of support, not just for the quality of the film, but all that it represents. And I think the quality of the film does matter because, of course, it was Ghostbusters. 
which really fell under the banner, banner of a virtue signal. It's sort of the worst thing possible that could happen because if it had been really awful, then uh, you know the naysayers might have felt vindicated, but the other side said, like would have said, well, it's awful because of these reasons, not because the main characters were women. And if it had been yep. really good, it would be like, see, look, women can still carry it. But the fact that it was. Yeah. Kind of okay. Meant yeah. that both sides felt yeah. vindicated, and therefore yeah. the discussion didn't move yeah. forward. Not great. Straight away, it was kind of announced that if you don't like this film, it's because you hate women and you're not a feminist, yeah. etc. And if you do, it's because you're a feminist and just trying to show off. Yeah. So the film didn't. It just fell. That's true. You don't want to like that. go to it just because, and it's like not very good. You're like, I have yeah. problems with it, other than the fact that women are in it. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. It's a tough. <laughs> You, like you, if you felt like you couldn't be critical of it because it would just get wrapped up in. But I guess the point is like you give it a chance. Like you're not yeah. going to turn away just because women are in it. Yeah. Like you give it a chance, and if it sucks if for other reasons, the, like the pressure on Wonder Woman as well. Whenever we say, "Oh, this this film has to be good to prove that," because it was this whole attitude with like ever since Electra was not really received very well, because oh, it wasn't received well because it had a female lead and people don't Electra. like that. Yeah. And it's like well, really, it's just because it was kind of mediocre. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's pressure put on Wonder Woman. Like even though I, I agreed definitely even before it was released, like if there's any film that deserves to be good, it's Wonder Woman. Um, but that sort of pressure where it's like, oh, if it's not good, that means uh, the progress of women will be set back a decade. Like, well, that's not necessarily true. We need to be okay with the idea of a female-led film that's bad. Absolutely. Because men have made so many, yes. and it hasn't ruined their careers. Yeah. Very true. And Seth Rogen still makes lots of very successful movies, even after uh, Green. What was he in? Like oh, the Green Arrow. Oh man, green, yeah. was it no Green Hornet? Green Hornet. Yeah. Green. I was also thinking, who was it? Who was in the interview? He was in the interview. Was he? Yeah. Oh yeah, the James Franco. There's that Tina Fey joke where he said like they, North Korea would call that if the film was released, it would be a wanton act of terror, which made all us have to pretend that we wanted to see it. I actually watched that the other day. Yeah, what, great. the interview? Yeah, not enjoy it too much. Like, I feel like the PR campaign was its biggest asset because now you weren't watching it because of the quality. You're like, yeah. oh man, all this is going Kim Jong-un made us watch that movie. <laughs> That's his worst act, right? Anything. There is a name for that, and I don't remember what it is. But where, like, because you complain about something, it gains more recognition than if you were just kept quiet. Yeah. yeah. If he hadn't said anything, I don't think anyone. I mean, I'm sure I don't know if he said it, but whoever is the yeah the convoy to uh, the US. That classic conundrum where if you don't want the internet to talk about it, don't tell the internet yeah. not to talk about it. Because yeah. Like, the, internet, the internet is just an unruly teenager. <laughs> If you tell them not to do something, they'll do it anyway. It's really yeah. like, don't gouge your eyes out of the fork. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll show. Oh, don't eat Tide Pods. <laughs> yeah, Hence, we have 2018. How did we get here? <laughs> how did the world get to the place it is now? On the one hand, you have like the kids from Parkland who are actually like making change happen in, in <laughs> government and stopping yeah. stuff, or pushing gun control. And on the other hand, you have thousands of children eating <laughs> well, thinking a little of the future, I think it was earlier this week, at time of recording anyway, that Disney and Marvel released their massive slate of films coming out until like 20, 21, 22, etc. Do you think those, such films could ever rise to the level of Oscar worthy? Well, it's, it's, I think it's a. It's not really it's not the right thing to think about it that the Oscars are somehow like higher in the hierarchy. I think sure. Disney's agenda is very different. It's not necessarily, they may well you know, win technical Oscars because they're still sort of leading in that field. But you know, the, the, Disney's agenda is not to try and court the Academy crowd, it's to, account, uh, to, to um, appeal to you know, the regular punters who don't even know who the nominees are. Yeah. And do you feel any type of way about the fact they've announced so many films so far into the future. I don't know excited? they even announced it, so I don't know what, what they are. <laughs> I'm more, you know, I'm more, I'm more concerned about the power that Disney has. Because, I mean, people accuse Disney of, of, like, after The Last Jedi, they accuse them of 
of bribing reviewers to give them good reviews because it said something about the state of our world that people would call conspiracy before believing that other people might have a different opinion. Um, but what's far more, like, they don't have the power to do that. What they do have the power to do is to, like, buy the companies that are already doing the best work in the field and then make all of their money. And so the, the fact that the Disney owns Star Wars and Marvel and Fox and everything, that is yeah. far more worrying. Um, and it makes lots of other, oh, on the one hand, should any corporation have that much of a monopoly over the industry? On the other hand, I want there to be good Star Wars films. So, ooh, oh no, oh. <laughs> Uh, and are there any films I know we've kind of discussed our wavering interest in the Oscars etc etc but are there any films any categories where you, you, there's a winner you'd like to see happen I'd, I'd like to see Black Panther like, uh, get a certain number of awards but that's again more because of how the Academy reflects the industry rather than for the sake of Black Panther itself um, yeah I, I, I think if I want the industry to go in any particular way I'm, and I don't see how this could ever happen, but I would prefer there to be like some mechanism to be sort of middle, more middle of the road films, where it's not really about them trying to court like mass appeal or trying to court you know the, the niche interest of the academy, but more just you know creative integrity where a filmmaker just makes the, tells the story that they want to tell and expresses the ideas that they want to express. But at the end of the day, it's an industry; it has to make money, yeah, and sure. so maybe that's not. Awesome. Yeah, I, I am intrigued by like so we talked about Weinstein and how his influence like you can imagine has now been erased going forward there was also James Franco he brought up who's also faced some allegations I think Daniel Day-Lewis has just announced well he didn't just announce it, this is meant to be his last film I wonder if we might see the end of a certain wave and the rise of another one are there any younger actors that you think could become the next Mel Streeps and Daniel Day-Lewis's? Well, in terms of directors, I think Ava DuVernay has been, is like one of the strongest directors out yeah. there right now, man or woman. I mean, strongest in the sense she has the, a lot of talk going around about her. Yeah. Um, and in terms of actors, I mean, I don't, I don't actually know that much about actors. I think Margot Robbie's amazing, and yeah. she's a producer and a fabulous actress, and I would love to see me everything she does um, she makes kind of like things all over the board so I think yeah. that's really interesting but I don't know I don't have like a, I don't I'm not trying to judge anyone too much because like you never know when someone's going to do something great or like totally just you're like what? yeah I mean she kind of bucks the trend for me because I think of like Halle Berry won an Academy Award and then like, like the next film she did was Catwoman and like, there was another actress that did something similar where they won they won the Academy Award and they did something really far away like that whereas Margot Robbie started with something that's more far away and then straight away decided to pursue her own interest in films and got iTony produced yeah. which has gone on to be nominated for an Academy well, she Award she was also in Wolf of Wall Street Wolf of Wall so Street. you can't, you can't discount fair, the fact that she but was she was she was great in that but yeah. she was primarily at the eye candy yeah, yeah, yeah. So she could have just been labelled as just that. Yeah, she could have just become the, the yeah. really hot actress who is good at her job, but like... Plays the wife and the girlfriend yeah. of the main guy. <laughs> exactly. But I guess in this new age we're living in, people are kind of writing their own narrative instead of just feeling like their hands are tied yeah. to the done thing. This, and this is probably a good thing, is that the industry is, is changing where there are fewer, fewer gatekeepers, or, or, or yeah. maybe, in the same sense, more gatekeepers. In, yeah. in the, in, in that there's, instead of there being the sort of rigid sort of channels that you must go through that will determine your success, instead of everything going via Harvey Weinstein, uh, now there is becoming, there's demand for, for things that the, the establishment is not providing, uh, and there are people capitulating on, on that, or, or taking advantage of that. Um, and and so new systems are being put in place where um, to accommodate a wider range of voices and that can only be a good thing yeah I think it's happening in tandem you've got an audience that's saying we want we are happy to have films from different voices and represent different strata of society and you've got an industry that's saying hey why don't you give someone else a spot I mean just I think earlier this week Joss Whedon was kind of slated to make a, a Batgirl film and he kind of piped up and said yeah I don't think I'm the person to make this film 
maybe a female voice should tell Batgirl's story and they do a better job of it than me. It seems the industry as well is saying maybe we should let other voices do it and the two together will lead to a much more varied representation when it comes to future Oscars. So will you be staying up on Sunday night to watch these Oscars? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're very late here. We're in London. I don't know. It's very... I sent you that text. I was like, are you guys staying up all night to watch this? <laughs> there is that as well. Like, I imagine America, it being casual evening time on Sunday. Yeah, it's easy to watch the Oscars in America. I, In fact, I used to watch... When I'm in New York, I watch every, every award show, basically, with my friends, mostly for, like, hilarious banter and, like, red carpet yeah. dresses. <laughs> but, yeah, I usually watch it with them, and actually, this year was the first year I couldn't, and it was very sad. <laughs> I, was, I woke up the next morning with all their, like, texts to each other. Like, oh, you missed out on the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, that's another thing about the Oscars, definitely here. There's no, you can't, it's harder to passively take an interest. Yeah. Either you don't care at all and just find out in the news the next day, or you care so much yeah. that you block out the whole night and stay up to see what happens. And I think as a show, it can be a little bit underwhelming if you're not that invested in any of the winners. It's just, it, if you're it's not just an award show at the end of the day. Like, exactly. It's just people sitting in chairs and getting on stage every now and then. Like, that's really just all it is. We're on about how grateful they are. Yeah. The little people, you know, oh, and all that. God and Jesus and my mom. <laughs> and maybe like once in a, in 90 years you get an event like last year where the wrong movie gets announced and you're just like once like ever I don't even yeah. I mean the Oscars is so I mean like nothing goes wrong with the Oscars yeah. it's so scripted kind of um, yeah that I don't I don't think there's that many times when things have like really gone wrong I don't think they ever will be again I think this yeah. will be taught in class. I'm surprised they're still allowed to, to do the <laughs> yeah. the, the accounting I think that the people have very much been done away with but I think the are all by robots. It's <laughs> yeah. like robots will host them. Um, they won't mess up. <laughs> Just another industry that's shrinking because of the rise of technology. Damn. The robots are taking our job. <laughs> Wouldn't that lead us on to our next episode? <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> and we're in. So, Emily, looking at your ballot, you've got Daniel Kaluuya down to win lead actor. What makes you think you might win? Well, I was just looking at the other ones, and it's Timothy Chalamet, and apologies if I get any of these names wrong, because they probably will, who's um, Daniel Day-Lewis, Gary Oldman, and Denzel Washington. And I have to say, I love Denzel Washington. I think he's amazing. It's the only thing they're up for. He could win. But Daniel Kaluuya's performance in Get Out really was amazing, and I, I would be surprised if any of the others won, kind of. Yeah, like, I love Get Out, and I feel like it's the kind of film where its nomination alone will be its award, because this is from the same people that brought you the Blair Witch Project, and those of you listening, I hope you can't tell we've just said this exactly. <laughs> like, two minutes ago. Translate the same enthusiasm. I've just been, yeah, it's just... Where it's come from, it should never have a look in this kind of setting, but the fact that it has, it's like, you're not going to win, but the fact that we've got you in the same conversation is still, that, that's your pat on the back. Well, that's, that's sort of the depressing thing, is that like, a, nom- a nomination is all we feel it, it deserves, and even though it's doing this sort of this horror comedy, sort of playing with genres in a way that is perhaps moving the art form forward, it's kind of depressing, but because of that, that is why we think it's not going to win Oscar, because it, isn't, it doesn't represent the establishment. Yeah. So... Either you know, you've got your mainstream doing the thing that we know everyone likes, or we're doing the thing that the Academy likes, but there's less reward for films that actually are doing the most innovative, creative work. Yeah, these. If I, if I, if I, I say, Get Out is the movie that has like the most buzz and people talking about created, generated the most conversations out of all of the Best Picture nominees, and yet it does feel like nah, it's not really going to win. It's just in it for. Compare that to The Artist, which literally does what films did ages ago and yeah. that won loads. Yeah. I think these kind of awards aren't really for innovators. I think of like the musical equivalent, a lot of their pivotal bands and artists from the 60s and 70s never won anything and it tends to be you get to this point in the career and you just want to release something so you can give them an award or you just give them an honorary award often it, was, it kind of speaks to how stayed such institutions are the things that are breaking the mould are less likely to win because this is the man that isn't ready 
for what the, the kids are doing, essentially. Yeah. These will be the kinds of films where maybe in five, ten years' time, another film that's retreading the same steps, that will get filled awards because then it'll be accepted like, okay, this is what proper cinema is now. Yeah. That's, kind of, that's kind of the way with all sort of reactions against these establishments. I always use The Simpsons as an example because it's sort of a microcosm of these ideas. The Simpsons began as a sort of satire, as a reaction against pop culture, but then over time, because it didn't fucking die, um, it's, it became the establishment. Yeah. We had so many spin-offs from The Simpsons. Now The Simpsons is sort of our idea of what that show is like, and now it's, it's, not, it's not critical of pop culture and worship. Um, and so, yeah, the reason, maybe the reason that Get Out isn't going to get the recognition that maybe it perhaps deserves is because we're the establishment is immediately distrustful of anything that's reacting against us. Yeah, I, I feel like we talked about how there seems to be two lanes of cinema. There are the Oscar bait, I think of like hipster cinema, the stuff that will win the awards, but you know, you didn't get it, but it's really good. And then there's the, the mainstream cinema, like sequels upon sequels upon sequels. And I think we are more than just an award ceremony, I think we are mired in that nostalgia and that sticking to certain lines. I'm thinking of a film like Blade Runner, which I did. Did you guys see that film? Yeah. The second one or the first? The new one. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed that film. I wasn't expecting to because the original Blade Runner is part of a lineage of films that when you're not yet into film, everyone that's into film tells you you have to see this, these important films. And going back to that period, late 2000s, where I was downloading everything, because you could, I'd watch a lot of these films and think, eh, it's kind of dull. I don't, I don't really, maybe at the time it was great, but now I'm like, Ugh. So I was a bit... I could not get through the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, stuff like that. Like I, oh, I love the old clips. I have yet to finish, a, what's it called, the gangster one... Not Scarface. Goodfellas. Not Goodfellas. It's got three of them. Godfather. Godfather. That's yeah. Cool. I like the Godfather, but I can totally understand why people Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe, I think I went into it because like, it's going to be a great film, I can't wait. And at that time, my measure of great films wasn't similar to what that was. So it's a much slower paced type of entity. And I'm thinking, when does it get good? When does something happen? <laughs> I can be like, oh, yeah, great. Instead of just having to appreciate what yeah. it did for the form. Well, it's funny you said that about Blade Runner because. I went and saw the second one, 2049 or whatever. But yeah. before that, I made a point to rewatch the first one. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is dated. This is a dated movie. I mean, it's so good, but it's very, like, it's very artsy, and it's also it's just very 80s, you know? And then the new one, I mean, maybe it will be dated in 20 years or whatever, but I thought it was a lot easier to watch, a lot easier to consume, yeah. a lot more flashy. <laughs> At the same time, while I, I agree the new one is definitely modernised for, for like maybe it's, it's just taking Blade Runner and filtering it in such a way for, for modern audiences, at the same time, the original Blade Runner did more to further the, the you know, state of uh, science fiction film in general yeah. than kind of not unlike Tron which you brought up earlier where yeah. the sequel is <laughs> just like saying it out loud like, like Tron, yeah. Tron even though it was this massively forward in, in sort of technology and, and CGI that was snubbed at the Oscars for any special effects Oscars because they had to be said they cheated by using computers <laughs> and then you get the life of Pi getting best cinematography even though most of that is whole thing is a screen screen yeah yeah I mean, That's I remember crazy. like the start of Pixar, the company. The guy, I can't remember name, John something. Lasseter, John Lasseter. Yes, he was at Disney, I believe, and posed this idea of like computer-generated graphics. And the guy who was running it said two things: one, is it cheaper? It wasn't. Two, is it faster? It wasn't. And he said, then there's no point. The only reason to use machines is if it does that. And of course, Pixar is a, the best animated film category. Feels like it just belongs to Pixar. These days. But now the answer to both of those questions is yes. That's why we don't see any cell animation anymore. Although there was a film this year called Loving Vincent, where I think every frame oh, yeah. was, well, that was, that was, was rotoscoping, which is which is even harder than simulation. <laughs> uh, I, I think that was a one-off too. Like, you're not going to get the next like, ten years of Disney films in, in oil painted yeah. still. I can just imagine someone pulling their hair out from madness if they're like, "We want three more films," but <laughs> just like, but okay, but you're not going to get them this decade. <laughs> Your grandkids will love those films. Yeah. Another type of production that I think of is 
uh, the Wallace and Gromit style. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes, which they have another one come out. I think called Early Man, which has come out this year. I'd be, maybe that might be best animated next year. That's another kind of like. I'm also looking at what Leica is doing. Um, I don't know what they're. And the most recent was Kubo and the Two Strings. I really like that one, yeah. I don't know what their next one's going to be. I haven't seen the most recent Pixar film, actually. Coco, which I believe is nominated for. Yeah, it is. Put it down? It's got best animated feature. Yeah, that, that's a safe well, bet right Well, it's now. against Boss Baby, which... Um, What's that doing nominated? The Breadwinner, which is uh, executive produced by Angelina Jolie, and it's about like the Middle East and stuff. Okay. Ferdinand, I don't know. It's about a ball who's like too big. And, you know, <laughs> and then Loving Vincent, which I... Like, we were talking about, like, you know, I'm betting on this for money, so I want to win. So it's kind of like, which movie do I think will win versus which do I want to win? And yeah, I want definitely. Loving Vincent to win, because I think it's truly amazing what they did. Yeah. But I, I mean, Coco is going to win. Pixar, I mean, so, yeah. I don't it's know. like the Mel Street of animation. Co- like, at least yeah. Coco wins. I mean, I know, I know there's been, there's a lot sort of fuss, because there was already a film called, I think it was called The Book of the Dead. Which oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's also, uh, you know, an animated Last film year, with, uh, with sort of, uh, yeah. deals to us, yeah. Yeah. And there's people saying, oh, oh, it's so unfair that you know, Pixar's getting all this recognition for Coco when Day of the Dead... Uh, it's done, yeah. But uh, I think the director or writer or producer of Day of the Dead said, no, it's a good thing if, the, if, people, if they make money because that means that people are interested in this type of story. Yeah. We'd like to get invested in it again in the future. Just going quickly through your ballot. So, yeah, yeah. Best picture you've gone for Shape of Water? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I've heard mixed reviews, but I saw it last week and I thought it was beautiful. I mean, the story's a little weird, but I like weird. And I thought it was like, sweet. And I thought the, the, the cinematography was beautiful, the lighting was beautiful. So, like, uh, uh, this year's best picture, like, it was almost 10 years ago where I last saw all the films. This year, I've read all the scripts, oh, nice. but I haven't seen them all. I've seen three billboards, which was fantastic. Oh, yeah. I've seen Darkest Hour, which is a bit underwhelming, but I, I Gary Oldman, I feel like he has to win the award because he's like he's it's like a career. Really, it's a really great performance. Though. It is. I don't think it really trod much new ground in terms of story. Yeah, it's this year's King's Speech, which is still yeah. uh, for me, but. Oscar Bay. Which is interesting if you watch King King's Speech followed by uh, yes. Dark Tower. I've been thinking like this. They both, I mean, they both feature Winston Churchill and um, King George. But the weird thing is, is that in uh, with King's Speech, Winston Churchill is all like, this whole abdication crisis, you, why don't you go for the throne, George, and then Elizabeth will be in line for the throne. See, I'm here to tell you that this is what actually happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then he goes straight to Darkest Tower, which reflects Winston Churchill's actual view that, like, oh, the monarchy, this whole abdication <laughs> this whole abdication crisis didn't finish them off. <laughs> I do think in some twisted universe there is an extended universe of like the royal family because you've got those films you've got <laughs> the next Marvel <laughs> you've got that Netflix series The Queen as well I don't know who Nick Fury would be to recruit people to join the team I guess in, in, the, in the case of the traditional case of the British monarchy it would be God <laughs> so, <laughs> so. and in fact continuing the theme another nominee Dunkirk which again is in that time which I really enjoyed in the cinema and Christopher back in that year when I watched all the films and Social Network lost out. Inception, which was a phenomenal film, wasn't even nominated for Best Director, which was another one of my, like, darn you Academy Awards. <laughs> but then that, that was another one. I, I guess it was more of a mass appeal film. Yeah. Because it was the guy who did the, the Dark Knight trilogy, yeah. um, and it did lots of, sort of technical stuff, special effects. But at the same time, it was, it was a very dense one. Um, yeah. It's not my favorite film, to be honest. People disagree, but... I also did see it the first time at, like, a midnight show, so I didn't finish till like three in the morning. Oh, oh, so I, by the time they came out of it, I was like, I hate this movie. <laughs> get me out! Get so me that, out now! That could be, but it is a dense film. It's a lot to think about, which is good. Yeah, a lot of people had consternations about the way it displays time, right, yeah. about how the plane is shorter and the boat is longer, etc., etc. Me neither, but people seem to just want to get angry at something. So. I get, that was great. I felt like one strange reaction to it. I thought it was like, oh, it wasn't, it wasn't weird enough for dreams. I was like, well, yeah, because the dreams are going to be convincing people that they were real. Like, if you want to watch a weird film about dreams, watch Africa. That's not what this was yeah. for. But I, I did enjoy Dunkirk. Uh, yeah. The thing that really stuck out was the sound design. The, 
Because yeah. it starts off with that kid running around the streets and lost, and then you just hear the gunshots, and you just go, okay, I'm hooked in now. Yeah. But I, was, my thing is, if you look at your watch while watching a movie, it's no good. Yeah. I, watch, I looked at my watch, well, my phone, to be honest, yeah. during... Um, during you had your phone on in the movie theater? Have you no respect for the art? Still, you bring it out, and there's this whole glaring light. And everyone's like, oh, oh, oh. You see, then by your own logic, I'm now looking at your phone, which means I think the film's bad. Uh, okay. Which, okay, which film I did you? do it during Darkest Hour. Yeah, um, yeah that's it was, yeah. it was rough. <laughs> well, on your side now, like, yeah. yeah. yeah everyone yeah, agrees. No. But Dunkirk, which you would think would be very slow, because it's, yeah. it's not. It's very good at holding your attention for a long yeah. period of time. It does, yeah. it does sort of throw a lot at you. Yeah. It was but he does it in such a... He doesn't lose you. Yeah. He keeps you on that thread. There's always, he'll throw a lot of ideas, but there'll always be some emotional thread at the core that keeps yeah. you interested in whether they'll make it or not, etc. Can I throw in a movie that's not in this at all? Go ahead. Favorite movie I saw this year was called Wind River. Um, it's got Elizabeth Jer- Olsen, Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner. It is the most tense I've ever been watching a movie. I literally, there's a scene where I was covering my eyes because I like could not, I just couldn't watch it. It was so intense and I really think everyone should watch it and it really didn't get very much buzz or anything did you see that in the cinema? I did in America though so it might have been more there but um, if you get a chance to watch it I'd say watch it it's like a master class it's like tension and like just I don't know I was I was so rigid while watching the movie I'll put that on the to watch this what about you is there any film from last year that you feel like was unsung? I have very sort of uh, <laughs> taste, I guess. It's very rare that I get a film where I'm trying to get my attention enough to see it at the time. It's like when someone asks you, what kind of music do you like? And I used to forget every band yeah. I've ever heard. Like, uh, I, 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 actually, I like the Beatles. I, 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 <laughs> you heard of them? I rate films on, on IMDb just so when people ask me what films I like. I you have a reference point. Like <laughs> yeah. Hey Siri, what films did I enjoy? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. What think, movie did you see? What was like the, your absolute do not go watch ever? Does it have to be from last year? Or yeah, any film. Most recent film yeah. I saw. I can always delete you later, don't worry. They'll never hear it. It was um, Duncan Jones, Mute. Mute. Yes. I, I, I follow him on Twitter, so I saw a lot of people re- retweeting, reacting to Mute, and saying how great it was. Oh, right, I'll check it out. Didn't realize that the, the, the general reaction was actually much poorer. Yeah. Um, it's like 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. It, oh, I did not care for that. No. I really wanted to, because it, it's a sci-fi film on Netflix. Yeah. It's in the same universe as Moon, which I love. Yeah. But I haven't seen this, so I have to watch it. Don't, 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 don't watch it. <laughs> I have to not watch it. It's but now the, I need to know. <laughs> I, I, I had to characterize it as being it was like a very high budget student film yes because in the way that it was plotted it just didn't it was not very efficiently told and a lot of it was very confusing uh, it, it spent so much time with Paul Rudd's character and he's not the pleasant yeah with not, an, he's with not playing Paul Rudd with an amazing moustache the moustache is there for the war but he and he spent so much time with him and he's not a pleasant character he's deliberately unpleasant we spent like half the film with him even though he's not the protagonist and he doesn't yeah. seem connected to the protagonist. Yeah. So you're like, why are you spending so much time with him? And then of course at the end he turns out, oh, of course he's connected to everything. But at that point you don't care because... Exactly. Because, like, well, I was invested in this guy, but also I don't actually like this guy that much because he's incredibly violent and the film thinks that is justified. Yeah. And I don't like revenge stories in general. And, and, and then also, like, the motivations of the characters. Like, well, why did you do that? And then, like, why are you telling him, asking him to apologise for this thing he did when you manipulated him to do the thing that, you, that he did? Why are yeah. you angry at him when he did what you wanted? It's very much like you're saying, where you start looking at your watch during the film from other time. You just you stop going and along with the story. It yeah, not, it, 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 like it. Like, it, it, like, it should be over now, but it's still going. still more. I think you hit the nail on the head saying it's a student film because it's all mute. The central concept is that it's a sci-fi world, and there's a guy who is a Mormon, so he's against technology, and he is a mute. He's not a Mormon. Not Mormon, so no. Amish. 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 Amish.
Yeah, right, that's Anaconda. Well, yeah. But he's <laughs> he's a mute. So that's an interesting idea. How do you set this futuristic world for somebody like deliberately stuck in the past? But that whole novelty wears off very quickly. Just detail. He was he wasn't like he was he didn't feature as prominently as Chinese. Yeah. He was only in it like half the film. He, when he when he was taking the center stage, he definitely left you wanting like oh okay. like he weren't like oh man or anything like that. It's an interesting idea to look at a person who cannot speak in a modern society with yeah. voice activated technology, and here he is trying to find a missing person in a world where. The only things that come to mind with that is one, of course, Duncan Jones is the son of David Bowie, R.I.P., who has a very famous Berlin period in his albums. And I think this movie, in some way, was an homage to that because it's set in Berlin. And David Bowie doesn't paint Berlin as a great place. So this film is kind of nodding towards that unaffectedly because it's still not that great film and also Moon was really good I think he did Warcraft next which did not yeah I feel like it's been diminishing returns with his film and it feels less like he's great he did Moon and more like maybe he got a bit lucky with Moon and he just doesn't have that He's not dependable. Well, I mean, I think on the whole, we need to be more comfortable with the idea of people making bad films. Uh, people that are allowed true, to make yeah. mistakes. Uh, it's, I mean, yes, it doesn't help, but he's got one great film, one good film, and then sort of his Yeah. I still, like, he's still probably capable of making a, a good film, I hope. Yeah, um, knock on wood. But, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, as a society, or at least as a movie going public, we need to be more, more okay with the idea that, oh, you're allowed to make a bad thing, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. Try again next time. I feel like Netflix definitely is an avenue for that. I think you know how computers coming out these days don't have disc drives. That whole media is on its way out. I think the genre of straight to DVD film has been replaced by Netflix. None of them. And that was the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I thank you very much to Emily and Jim for joining me for that. That was the very first thing I recorded for this podcast. They were the canaries down the mine. And I'm very grateful to them for volunteering their time. I very much enjoyed myself. I hope they did too. And now, for the moment you've all been waiting for, a little bit of original music to play us out this evening, morning, afternoon, whenever you're listening to this. I am just using the headphones in my iPhone. I don't know how loud this will be. Let's find out. Uh, of course, I've suddenly forgotten how to play piano. This piece doesn't have a name yet. I think it might be part of my Midnight series. I don't know. But here's a little bit of how it goes. Are you unaware, or do you just not care about how long I have to go without? Tell me, I love you either way. Are you unaware, or do you just not care about? How long I have to go without Tell me I'll love you either way See you next time.